Don't you love the transforming power of God in our lives? And as you get your Bibles out and your sermon notes that are on the back of your bulletin, and I, I want you to do that today, to grab a pen and to write down uh, some verses and some very practical uh, tips I'm going to give you today. We're going to move really quickly through some verses, so you won't have time to look them up. I want you to write down the references so that you can go back and uh, read them and study them. And uh, so go ahead and get those out and get ready to receive the word of the Lord this morning. We are in a series called Red Letter Day. We're looking at the red letters of the Bible, the words that are as red as my forehead up here. Um, I was at a, a track meet all day yesterday with Matthew cheering him on at his state track meet, and I didn't realize in the clouds you could get sunburned, but I did. So, but the words of Jesus are in red in Scripture so that we can see what he's saying to us, that we can see what he said 2,000 years ago to his disciples back then. But he wasn't just talking 2,000 years ago, he was talking to us today. We're his followers today. He wants to get something across. So what is he equipping us with in his words? And today I want to look at the very last verse of the very last chapter in the book of Matthew. This is the conclusion of the Gospel of Matthew. He says in Matthew 28, verse 20, these th- or teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Look at those words in red. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What does that mean? The end of the age. Is that the end of time? Is that when Jesus comes back, the end of my life? In the Greek, that basically means always and forever. That Jesus is saying, I am with you always and forever. This is a promise from God. I am with you always and forever. Highlight that, underline that, know that God is with you all the time. And Jesus says that throughout the Gospels. In fact, this isn't the only time that he says it in the Gospel of Matthew. If you go back to the very first chapter when Jesus is first introduced, right at the beginning in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. From the very beginning of the Gospel to the very end, he's saying, look, I'm with you. That's the promise you can take to the bank. I am with you. The entire gospel message is framed from the beginning to the end and throughout the middle that Jesus says, look, I am with you through the good, the bad, the ugly. I promise to be with you. And here's the truth. The devil will always challenge the promises of God. The devil will always challenge the promises of God. But listen to this. The devil can never change the promises of God. He may challenge the idea that God is with you, but he can't change the truth that Jesus is with you. God, throughout his word, wants us to know from Genesis to Revelation that he is with us. This is not just something found in in one gospel writing. It's from the very beginning to the very end. And I want to just give a few verses here today. And so write these down. You can read them on the screen. But go back and study them, highlight them in your Bible. These are truths from God. Psalm 121, we sang part of it in a song that we worship today, but in verse 7 and 8 it says, The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. The Lord is always watching out for you. Deuteronomy 31.6 So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. 
For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. God is always with you. Hebrews 13.5 For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the Greek, there's like a triple imperative. He says, I will never, ever, ever, ever leave you. That's what Jesus says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with you. Isaiah 41, 10. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God says, I'm with you. Listen to these words in Romans chapter 8 and, and embrace these for your life. It says in Romans eight thirty eight, and I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither fears for today, nor worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever separate you from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can separate you from God. Psalm 139. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and strength will support me. God is with you. There is nothing you can do. There's nowhere you can go to separate yourself from God. He is with you. It's just that simple. Hundreds and hundreds of verses. We just read a few today where God says, I want you to know this. I want just to be so crystal clear in my word that I am with you. Listen to me today. The promise of God is he is with you. So here's the big question. Are you with him? See, that's the real question. The question is never, is God with me? Is he for me? The question is, am I with him? Because if he's with me, that means I've been created and called to live in communion with him. To be close to him. But how is that even possible? Our lives are so crazy. They're so cluttered. Our lives are bursting at the seams, but not with God. We're supposed to be full of joy, but... It's just our schedules are full. How do we have this constant communication with God? See, a lot of times we think if my life was easier, if I had less to do, maybe someday when things slow down, if this would happen, then I'd have more time with God. I write about this in my Bible blog. Sometimes I just wish I could be a monk. Just get away from all the responsibility, all the different things they do. Just go, just me and God. Just commune in a monastery with God. You know the problem is, when you read what those men wrote when they got away from everything, that their struggles and temptations actually increased. See, it's not about escaping. See, you'll never escape this life. It's about communing with God every single day in the midst of your struggles. In the midst of your busyness, in the midst of difficulties, 
that we would commune with God every day, each day, in the business of life. See, the goal isn't to control everything. It's not to fix everything throughout the day. The goal should be to commune with God all day. See, a successful day would be a day that I, I, I am abiding with him moment by moment. But the problem is, and, and the reason we can't do that a lot of times, is we've made our to-do list our idol. You would never say that, but we worship it like an idol. I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to get this done. If I don't get this done, I want to tell you, God has to be at the center of your life. He has to be a priority. You may say, but i got so many other things to have to do. I have to do all these different things. I, I, I want to tell you this, listen to me, God has to be number one. And I'll tell you why, because you could say, well, I have all these other things I have to do. How could he be number one? Listen, you know why he has to be number one? Because when the crisis in your life comes, who are you going to turn to? Who are you going to go to? Who's going to be number one then? See, there will come a time where you get that report from the doctor you don't want to hear. You're going to get that call that your family's going crazy. You're going to get that report that, that, that things aren't good, that there's a problem. And who are you going to run to? Who are you going to turn to when you lose your job? Who are you going to go to? You're going to immediately go to God. So why not have him with you every step of every day so that you have to go, so you don't have to go running and finding him? Walking with him in the good, the bad, and everything. Not worshiping what you have to do. Worshiping him. There's a book called To Fly Again. It's by Gracia Burnham, a missionary to the Philippines. Her and her husband were captured one day by extremist Muslim terrorists. And for a year they were drug around a jungle trying to escape the authorities. And, 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 and so they were, they were dragging them all over the jungle. And, and just to cut to the end of the book, and it's a powerful book, you, you could read it. It's called To Fly Again. Gracia Burnham, unfortunately, when she returned home to the United States, she came home in a wheelchair. And her husband ended up coming home in a casket. They killed him. And so after the grief, the funeral, and all that they went through, a family in their church said, you don't need to go back. We'll go back to the Philippines, pack up your house, and bring your belongings home to you. And so they brought the belongings home, and she began when she was ready to go through them. And one of the things she found boxed up was a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper was the to-do list of the day she was captured. And she wrote this in the book. She says, I was such a good mom. I was such a good wife, such a good missionary. I was doing all these things. She goes, but now when I look at that to-do list, I realize none of it really mattered. See, I think a lot of times we think what we do is so important. But the reality is God is the most important. And we need to take him in the midst of that to-do list because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You need the Lord with you. So how do you do this? I'm going to give you some super practical things now. I think you know that God's with you and that you need to be with him. So let me give you some super practical things. Write these down. Do these things. Number one, begin and end each day with God. Begin and end each day with God. Mark Batterson in his book, Circle Maker, says when you wake up, the first thing you do is you go to your knees. Don't check your phone. Don't brush your teeth. Don't make breakfast. Don't go get the kids. Get on your knees. Start your day on your knees. End your day on your knees. Spend time with God. 
you'll be amazed at what happens, how you frame your day at beginning and the end. The next thing is talk to God all day long. Don't just do it at the beginning and the end. Do it all day long. Take God with you when you walk out your door. Talk to him. Be with him. Number three, turn your thoughts into prayers. Whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're going through, Every moment of the day, whatever pops in your head, begin to pray about that. Turn your thoughts into prayers. Be honest with God. Because let me let, I'm going to give you a little secret here. He already knows what you're thinking. So just be honest with him. Talk to him about it. You know, when you have a, a baby that doesn't want to talk to you anymore, like that baby toddler stage, and so they close their eyes and turn their head like you disappear when they do that. It's like... I think sometimes we do that with God. We just close our eyes and turn our head. It's like, I'm still here, Daryl. I, I still see you. I still know. But So just be honest with God. Next, be quiet. Just stop talking and listen. Be still. It says in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I'm God. Part of our problem is we're just, our, our lives are too loud. Be quiet. Next, write a prayer. It's good to say a prayer, but write your prayer out. Watch, watch it come out of your heart onto a piece of paper and see your heart before God, but also then allow God to speak to you through that prayer and also review it and see how God answers that prayer. Next, read a psalm. Read a psalm. The reason I say to read a psalm is because the psalm is that, that that writer is communing with God through that song. And, and the Holy Spirit will use the psalms in our communication with him, in our communion with him. So read a psalm. Read a devotional. There's a lot of great devotionals out there. I, I have several that I read each morning. But you know what's a great devotional? is the devotional we give you from the church here. And uh, the new one's about to come out, so next Sunday when you come, uh, you'll get one in the mail, but if you need more, they'll be in the lobby. There's a few left if for this month, for the remainder of this month, but, but read a devotional. Get, get the Word of God inside of you. Next, meditate on one verse. A lot of times we worry about reading a chapter or reading a book of the Bible, but sometimes we just need to meditate on one verse. Maybe the verse you need to meditate is the one we're talking about right now. I'm with you always. Jesus said, I'm with you always, always and forever. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Whatever verse you want to choose, just meditate on that verse and then pray the word of God. Pray it back to God. God, I thank you that you promised me in your word that you're always with me. You'll never leave. You'll never forsake. Pray the word back to him. The next one, obey the word. When you're in your quiet time, when you read your devotional, when you're here on the weekend or on a Wednesday night and you receive a teaching, obey it. Obey the word of God. That's part of being with him. That's part of communing with him. Obey the word of God. Next, do everything for the glory of God. Whatever you do, whether you're at school, work, home, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 21, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Just live for him. What is the result of living this life, because you know He's with you, what is the result of us communing with Him? Well, let me tell you. When you know that God is with you and you're with Him, you know what's going to change? Your perspective, your attitude, and your actions. 
Think about it. If, if I know that God is with me, and he's for me, and I'm connected to him, if I know that, my perspective is going to change, isn't it? My attitude is going to change. My actions are going to change when I know he's watching out for me. How do I, how do I know these things are going to change? Look at the verses we read when he said he's with us. What are the benefits of him being with us and us being with him? Well, first of all, it says God watches out for you. He watches out for you. You know what that's called? That is called the favor of God. A lot of times when we think of favor, we think of God giving us things. You know what it is? It's God watching out for you. That's what favor is. I'm watching out for you. I'm taking care of you. I've got your back. God watches out for you. He says this in this verse. He says, you can be strong and courageous. If you know that God is with you and you're with him, you can be strong and courageous. You do not have to fear because God is with you. It's his battle. He says, I'm going to take care of it. He says, I'm going to keep you from harm. There's nothing that's going to harm you. I'm going to watch out for you. I'm with you. You will never be alone. No matter how you feel or who has left you, you will never be alone. He will not fail you. God will not fail you. These are all promises in his word where he says, I'm with you. He says, there's no reason to be discouraged. This is going to change your attitude. This is going to change your perspective. When you know God is with you, you don't have to be discouraged. He will give you strength. I love that. That tells, I'm going to help you. That's what God says. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you victory. I love that. If you want more teaching on that, I did it this Wednesday, this past Wednesday night. You can listen online. That not only were you born for battle, you were born for victory. And so God is going to give you that victory. And the best thing is, is that there is nothing that can separate you from his love. There's nothing that's going to separate you from God. When you commune with him, imagine, just with me, imagine what it would be like. We know that he's with us if we lived with him moment by moment. Imagine what our life would look like. How wonderful that would be. And also take a moment to imagine what life would be like if we choose not to commune with him. That all those great promises we just read about, they're not there because we've chosen not to commune back. See, the reality is, is Jesus is with you. Are you with him? Can I bring it to a bottom line today? Is that what we're talking about today, we know that Jesus is with us. The questioner is, are we with him? And when we call that communion, we call it a relationship. See, that's what this is really all about. Are we in relationship with the one who said, I'm always going to be with you? It's not, am I following all the rules? Am I doing everything just right? Am I, am I okay, God? No, it's about relationship. That's what it's about. See, the question is, am I living in relationship with the one who said he's with me always? Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And I love Memorial Day weekend because down the street at Mount Prospect Plaza, there's a carnival. And at that carnival, there's a Ferris wheel. And I love that Ferris wheel because 20 years ago, on my wedding day, I rode that Ferris wheel with Leslie. And we're about to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary. And, um, okay. 
I don't know if that actually deserves any applause. Because today, Ed and Jerry are celebrating their 51st wedding anniversary today. That's right. That's worth a cheer. That's definitely worth a cheer. Now, for some of you, 20 is nothing. And for others, you're probably like, that's a lifetime. Um, but here's the reality about marriage, about relationship. Is that there are good times in a marriage, and there are bad times in the marriage, and sometimes there's even ugly times in a marriage, because it's life, and life gets very full, very busy, there are a lot of problems, a lot of struggles, there, those things happen in relationships, but here's the key, is when you're in a relationship and you say, look, I'm with you, always and forever that we're going to work this out. That it may not look really good right now, but I have faith to believe that it will look good someday. And I'm not going anywhere. And, and I'm with you. This idea of that we're together always. That's what keeps something for 20 years or 50 years or beyond that. It's saying no matter what, you're going to be with me and I'm going to be with you. The great thing about God is you don't ever have to worry about him. He's always with you. The question is, are you with him? Are you with him? Are you locked into this relationship? Are you saying, you know what, whatever it takes, I will do whatever, that this, this is an always and forever kind of thing. And sometimes it is hard, and sometimes it is difficult, and you don't know, I don't even know if God's with you, but listen to me. That's where faith comes in. Faith to believe that he is there, that he is able, that all the promises of God are true. Don't let the devil make you doubt. Look, I understand that the devil can challenge God's word. He can't change it, though. And in the end, you win. He is with you today. Are you with him? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? And I want to pray for you. I want you to have that perspective of knowing God, that, that new perspective, that new attitude, some new actions in your life that comes from having a, a, an in-tune relationship with God. I want you to make that commitment to God that you are going to be in it together for always because God's made that promise to you. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then I'm going to pray for you. And then we're just going to end with some worship today. But I don't want us to be in a hurry in this moment. I want you to make a commitment to say, God, I'm in this relationship. I am in this relationship all the way. You are with me and you will never leave me. God, I'm going to be with you. In the times of gain, in the times of loss, in the times where I'm strong, in the times that I'm weak, God, I'm always going to be with you. We're going to pray for faith today. We're going to pray for strength. But it all begins with that relationship with Jesus. God loves you so much. And the only thing that keeps us from a relationship with him is sin. But he loves you so much, he came and he died on a cross for your sin. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to 
throw your sin as far away as the east is from the west. I'm not even going to remember it anymore. When we come to him and ask him to forgive our sins, he will forgive your sins. You'll be in right relationship with him. I want you to have that relationship with God this morning, and so I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. Maybe the first time you've stepped into a relationship with God, it will be the best thing you ever did. Today you might find yourself far away from God, and, and you know that he's with you, but you know that you're not with him, and you want to come home today. You can say this prayer. Maybe you're here every week and you, you repeat this prayer every week and you and God are good. Well then, you're going on that 20-year that anniversary with God, that 58-year anniversary with God. That's great. By praying this prayer, you're saying, I'm still all in. You're renewing your vows this morning. That we are together always and forever. So repeat this prayer as your statement of commitment this morning for relationship with Jesus. Repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.